Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Understood principle. And sometimes I've heard people say, oh, don't ever pray for patience because you're just asking for trouble. Well, to that, I would just say that anytime you seek to grow in any area of your life, the enemy is going to do what he can to frustrate that growth process. And so we can't just avoid that at all costs as though it were some taboo word. Uh, some think if you just avoid talking about it, then you'll never have to deal with it. But nothing could be further from the truth. Because in the course of this very day and probably in the course of just the last few hours of this day, you may have had to exercise a little bit of what our subject matter will be this evening. Howard Whitman said <clears throat> that life is composed of waiting periods. For a child, they must wait until they're old enough to have a bicycle. And for a young person, they have to wait until they're old enough to drive. A student has to wait long enough to receive their diploma. An employee has to wait long enough to receive their promotion. A young couple must wait long enough for savings to build to buy a new home. The art of waiting is not a learn-at-once process. <clears throat> it is not something that you're just going to, something happen, and uh, all of a sudden it's just all going to be there for you one time, one place, one event. There's not a song that will bring it to fruition. There's not a sermon that will bring it into fruition. But it is a process. The Bible gives several different 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 different, different rather definitions for the word patience all throughout scripture. And so they vary just a little bit between them, but when we're talking about the patience that is specifically dealt with in Galatians 5.22, it is a word so long I will not dare pronounce it, even attempt to pronounce it in your presence. But it means this. It means to be of long spirit, long of spirit. It means not to lose heart or to persevere patiently and bravely enduring misfortunes and even troubles. To be long-suffering, to be slow to anger, and most importantly, slow to punish. And so from these definitions that point us to the characteristic of the word that is at the center of our discussion, it is required that what we're talking about is not just a little bit of patience, but we're talking about extreme measures of patience. The key word, I think, is extreme because extreme takes us beyond normal and sometimes extreme takes us even beyond logical. And so we have to learn how to suffer long 
in, that, in other words. I think patience is something that we should all strive for, but I also understand that patience is not something that comes easy. And it doesn't come easy for several reasons. And I'm not going to try to give an exhaustive list, but I think at the center, at least for us in this Western culture, it is contrary to our nature and our culture. It is contrary to the order of the day. We live in a fast-paced, I want it now, society. And for the most part, we can almost get what we want instantaneously. I had a problem ordering a, a part last week, a, a part that we needed for one of the computers here at the church, and they sent a part, and when they when it arrived, it just happened to be one of those deals where it was dead on, upon arrival. And, um, and so I called Amazon yesterday and, and just very, very kindly explained my plight. And uh, the lady said, if you don't mind, I'll put you on hold for just a moment. And this was late, late yesterday afternoon. I was kind of surprised that I even got anybody on the phone. And uh, in just a few moments, she came back on the line and she said, we've got it all taken care of. And if you'll check your email, I've provided you a return label. And uh, there's also a tracking number that you can, you can track your new, pro, your new part and it will be there tomorrow. And I said, uh, excuse me? So when did you say it's going to be there? She said, it'll be there tomorrow. And so I, and sure enough, uh, good, good old UPS brought it in today. And I thought, um, 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 unbelievable that late yesterday afternoon, I have no idea where it had to come from, but anywhere beyond Lake City, I was still kind of blown away that it got here this afternoon right at our doorstep. And so we get accustomed to things like that where someone said there is, there's no upcharge, there's no nothing, just we're sorry for your inconvenience and tomorrow it will be on your doorstep. And so if that happens enough to us in life, we kind of get accustomed to that train of thought. We want it now, we want it our way. And, uh, and so if we're not careful, that bleeds, of course, into our spirit life. Daily, we feel pressure all around us, and I don't think anyone's exempt from what I'm talking about right now, no matter where, no matter your station in life. I believe to some degree that all of us feel some measure of pressure. We feel pressure at home. We feel pressure on the job. We have this deadline to meet and then that deadline to meet, and then when all those deadlines are met, guess what? There's only more deadlines beyond them that are waiting on our arrival and we rush through the day and many times we just fall nearly exhausted into bed only to set the alarm to get up and do it all over again. Am I speaking to anybody? Sure. Just over and over and over, the, the regiment never seems to end. It sounds so familiar to us all, no matter our station in life. And so the advancements of, of technology, as it's been mentioned many, many times, we would think that 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 would certainly serve to help set us light years ahead, certainly light years ahead of those that uh, that we are following or that, that we have followed. But in truth, the advancement of technology has only served to fan the flame of our lack of patience because what we can have, we have readily available and that makes us want everything right now. Secondly, patience just kind of goes against human nature. You can take the, the youngest child, the just hours old, we're not, we don't even come into this world with a measurable amount of patience, at least for the most part. In his book, The Kingdom of Self, 
a man by the name of Earl Jabe, if I'm, if I'm pronouncing that right, explains that from birth we become demanding and impatient from birth. If we are not disciplined, he said, if we are not disciplined correctly through life, then we will grow up with a spirit of impatience. And if that is true, and I tend to agree with that, if that is true, then obviously there were a lot of people that didn't receive some right discipline growing up. And so we have to teach our children that you're just going to have to wait. There are some things that are going to require waiting. Everything doesn't happen just because you want it and you want it now. Thirdly, there are a lot of roots of pride and selfishness and, and even anger that can choke out the spirit of patience in our life. As a matter of fact, it was Solomon who in the Song of Solomon 2.15 said that it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's small things that sometimes can uh, be those <clears throat> issues in our life that can snuff out or drive out. You know, when the 90, in the 91st Psalm, when David talks about the many things that we fight in life, some of them that David mentions are very, very serious, dangerous, and destructive but he also mentions noisome pestilences. There are some small things in life that if they hang around long enough, they may have started out small, but after a while, uh, that is so deep under your skin, the small things. But Luke said in 21.19 that in our patience possess ye your souls. And so if it's in our patience that, that we affect the very essence of our soul, then we had better sit down long enough to decide and discuss the issue of patience. We need not to allow patience to be interrupted in our life or snuffed out because in doing so, we certainly affect our salvation. There are three areas that perhaps that we need to deal with patience the most. We have, first of all, need of patience when it comes to our own self. And I know that we think that many times it's the other fellow but often it's we need patience with ourselves. I want to go back to some opening comments that I made when we first started this series, and I mentioned to you that we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, not, not fruits, plural. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit that has many different aspects. And, of course, all of these, these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, one builds upon another. And so if, if we will keep that in mind and looking through that prism, that each aspect of the fruit of the Spirit builds one upon the other, then we need to consider what other attributes of the fruit of the Spirit are left in this passage of Scripture for us to discuss. And according to what I read this evening, what's remaining in our series of, of study is this, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. And so if we're going to get our hands upon kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, then these remaining attributes are going to have to have something that they can flow out of. And that something that they flow out of is the point of our discussion here tonight. That's why we can't just say, well, this seems like a tough one, and so we're going to extract it out of the equation because I don't want to deal with that. We have to deal with it because everything else has to flow from this. Amen? Does that make sense? And so we can't just go through life picking and choosing, saying, I have a little of that, don't want any of that. And we have to consider that if I am going to be what God wants and desires for me to be, then I want to have systematically in my life what the Lord says that I need to have. In other words, it's going to be a struggle 
for us to have kindness and gentleness or kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness if we don't first get our hands on this. We can't skip over or skip to the end of the line. Without the aspect of patience in our lives, we're going to be missing something. In the book of Colossians 3 and 12, and I want to read this out of the New King James Version. The Bible says, Colossians 3 and 12, the Bible says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. The Scripture instructs us how we are to put on, or another word there would be to clothe ourselves, how we are to clothe ourselves Amen. In mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. And so when people look at things in their life that help define us, I think that when, when people find defining attributes about us, among those defining attributes about somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost shouldn't just be the fact that they smile or shouldn't just be the fact that they, that they dress holy or that they talk right, but among those attributes that define who we are, should be the spirit of patience. I want to tell you that you can't just be throwing down the floor, kicking your heels and carrying on like something foolish and then turn around and invite somebody to church. I mean, there's a great conflict of interest. You can't just carry on and say, you know, people just, some people say, well, I'll just say whatever's on my mind. Well, that's foolish to say whatever's on your mind because we may reveal how little is there. Amen. You can't just unfiltered in an unfiltered fashion just say what you think or just say what you feel. There needs to be something that filters through that, that 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 filters through and that something is the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. How would God respond? How would God want us to respond? What would Jesus do in these situations? And so that should be one of the defining attributes of our life should be the Spirit of patience. The ancient Chinese proverb says this, if you avoid, if you are patient rather in just one moment of anger, you may avoid a hundred years of sorrow. Think about that. Think about that. If you are patient in one moment of anger, you may avoid 100 days of sorrow. And oh, how true that's been. I think we could turn that all around and I think we're all grown enough and honest enough to say that there have been moments that we didn't guard ourselves in anger and we've had to live out that proverbial hundred year hundred days of sorrow to think if I could just relive that moment again if I had an opportunity to handle that differently if I had an opportunity to reword that to phrase that but life just doesn't generally give us another at bat in those situations and so I say Lord help me to be patient in this one moment of anger lest I have a long sentence to pay on the other side of that the book of Luke 8 and 15 the Bible says but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word keep it and bring forth and bring forth fruit with patience <coughs> when we have prepared our hearts to receive the word just like good ground receives the seed, it's going to take patience for that harvest to come forth. You know, that's kind of the, the nature of the beast. The nature of ministry is that you don't just preach one sermon and it fixes everything. You don't just have one service and it just takes care of every little uh-oh. That, that's not the nature of the church. It's not the nature of humanity. 
But if we can be patient and realize that if I can just let this seed come into my life, that harvest, those things that are necessary for me to mature, it's all right there if I can just be patient and allow the Spirit and the presence of God to have His way and to work in my life, then I know that I can possess the things that I want to have. There's a lot of things perhaps tonight that are on your wish list as well as they are mine. But just because I don't have them the way I want them tonight doesn't make me want to throw in the towel or throw up my hands. But I want to realize that the seed of what I've been praying about has been planted in the soil of heaven. It's been planted in my heart. I mean, we get frustrated sometimes with ourselves in the process. We've, I'm talking about being patient with ourselves. We get frustrated with ourselves in the process. And if we do or when we do, then the seed can never take root and it can never come into fruition. It'll just die out if we don't allow the Spirit of God to help us become patient with ourselves. Stephen Covey, an author of many books, but one, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said this, He said, be patient with yourself. Self-growth is tender. It's holy ground, and there is no greater investment. There is no greater investment. Be patient with yourself. Self-growth is tender. It's holy ground. There's no greater investment. And so the times that we spend alone in prayer, the times that we spend alone in the Word of God, the times that we simply spend alone just meditating on the things of God, the seasons that we sit through, just like tonight, in this, in this corporate service, this collective service, you may feel here that you're gonna leave here unchanged, but I wanna tell you tonight that you will not, and I will not leave unchanged because the spirit of God's word and the seed of his word is being planted in our heart. And so since God is patient with us, then we need to be patient with ourselves. The process that, that is at work in our lives will never be completed overnight. It will never be completed in a matter of time, in a matter of an instant of time, rather. And so we have to be patient with ourselves. Now, I want to be real clear when I talk about being patient with ourselves. By no means am I giving us a license to kill or a, a license to be complacent by any stretch of the imagination. But here's what I'm saying. <clears throat> I've got to be accepting of who I am while at the same time I am striving to perfect and improve who I am. Amen. I've got to be accepting of who I am while at the same time I'm striving to improve who I am. I've often said that I think one of the most difficult things that uh, that we face sometimes individually is is the is keeping our lives in balance to be spiritually motivated without becoming spiritually frustrated. I want to be motivated to grow in God and motivated to be challenged and changed in God, but not at the risk that I'm always stay in a spirit of absolute frustration and always feel like I'm defeated. If I measure myself against if I measure myself against myself only then I think sometimes I'm not making any ground. I'm not growing at all. I've got to have trust and faith and confidence in God that God will allow me to, to grow in Him and not become so frustrated in the process that I circumvent what He's already doing in my life. We sometimes think that we don't change. Of course, uh, pictures and um, things of that nature, maybe home movies prove that we really have changed. 
And uh, I'm not saying that cynically that those changes are negative, but we, we think sometimes that we haven't changed that much and then we realize that we've probably changed quite a bit. Sometimes I see a picture every now and then of Sister Boyd and I when we first came here to the church and I wonder who those kids are that stand on the platform or who that little boy is holding that microphone that wasn't much bigger around than he was at the time. But uh, time is just kind of marched on. But I think and I hope that I can say this tonight uh, in, the, in the spirit of humility that I mean at the end that, that I hope that I'm not the same man that I was, literally. Amen, I hope that I'm not that same man spiritually. I hope that somewhere something has been planted in my heart that didn't just roll around in the floorboard, but it took root and began to grow. And so I gotta have patience that God is gonna bring about that maturity in my life. James 1 and 4 says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire or complete, wanting nothing. Understanding that God is in, in control of our life helps us to become more patient with ourselves. That the scripture talks about we can't just think and by the sheer uh, attitude of thought add one inch to our stature. And so we can't make ourselves grow physically any more than we can think ourselves to grow spiritually. But I've just got to be patient and say, Lord, I'm going to let your hand just be at work in my life. Philippians 1 and 6, the Bible says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What confidence we must lean on in that passage of Scripture that what God has started, he will not let it fall by the wayside, but he will let that come to fruition in our lives. He didn't start the process to just let you fail at this point. He didn't start a process in my life to let me fail at this point. And so I've got to learn the value of long-suffering. If we'll be patient and trust him, then God will complete that that he has begun. However, without patience with ourselves, we will never, ever receive the, the reward. The writer of Hebrews said it like this, that you be not slothful, Hebrews 6 and 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hebrews 10 and 36, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And of course, there is that latter portion of Hebrews 12 and 1 that said, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I know it's been said so often, and this may merely sound like an echo, but no one has to run the race that you have to run. No one has been called on to run the race that you're in. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so sometimes we may think it's fair or unfair but God will give us the strength to run the race that is set before us. Amen. No matter where you find yourself in life, I cling to the passage of Scripture that teaches and tells me and promises me that as my days are, so shall my strength be. Of course, in this lineup of things and people and things that rather that we've got to be patient with, not only patient with ourselves, but we certainly have to be patient with others. It's no secret that if you live life, you're surrounded by people. And so if you're going to be a vital part of the church and a vital part of the kingdom in this hour, then we're going to have to be constantly interacting with people. And let me tell you something, people take a lot of patience. People take a lot of patience. We don't ever forget that we ourselves, however, have also been the recipient of a lot of patience. Somebody patiently invested in us 
We are where we are today because someone was tolerant and they loved us in times and seasons that we were not lovable. The apostle Paul well understood the challenges of dealing with people. He openly addressed this in many of his writings, not the least of which was the church at Rome. In Romans 15 and 4, he said, For whatsoever things were written aforetime or written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. And so he first reminds us that with the patience of the Scripture, we will teach us and it will affirm in us the hope that we already have. And then he instructs us to realize that fellow saints around us are looking for that same hope. And so what someone has given us, we need to give to others. He tells us that we need to be like-minded or patient with one another. To the church of Ephesus, <coughs> he wrote in Ephesians 4 and 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. His main point here is that we're going, if we're going to maintain unity within the body, then we're going to have to have patience with one another. It's not all about us. It has to be about the kingdom of God. Amen. James stated in his writings, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. What a tall, tall order that James lays out here so fluidly for us. He said, We've got to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Hearing, speaking, and reacting have, has everything to do with how we react and respond to people around us. We have to be swift to hear. We have to be slow to speak and slow to wrath. Patience, although sometimes difficult, is always the best response. That man that can keep his tongue, that man that can hold fast, the Bible, I was just reading something about this, I believe this morning or yesterday morning in the book of Proverbs when the, the Bible referred to this, and pardon me for not quoting exactly, but the Bible refers to, or Solomon refers to in the book of Proverbs about even a fool when he refuses to speak up can appear to be wise. Am I in the scripture there somewhere? Somewhere between Genesis and the maps, I read that. And uh, I believe it was the book of Proverbs. So even a, even a fool, when he learns how to hold his tongue, can give the appearance of being wise. And so remember that that person needs your patience and they need your love and they need, uh, they need uh, your strength probably more than they deserve it. And maybe even during a season when they deserve it the least. Patience with people is not something that's a gift that you'll just, just be handed. It won't just fall in your lap. It has to be learned. It has to be developed. Patience is not something that you're going to pray for and receive it like some spiritual gift. It's going to require Learning is going to require developing, but in the end, it will be worth it. Even Simon Peter, in the beginning of his ministry, was that incredibly impatient man, that unpredictable, uh, quick trigger, uh, hair-like trigger, uh, had his finger always on the trigger, ready to pull it, and many times pulled it seemingly premature. But he also, in the latter end of his ministry, he also spoke about patience with others. 
like in 1 Peter 2 and 19 and 20. He had learned from experience that many times people will accuse you falsely or, or slander you. But his experience, which now he is passing on to the church, is this, to just endure with patience. Yes, that same man that cut off Malchus' ear said, we just got to learn how to endure. You just got to learn how to be patient. That same man that just spoke up at those times, sometimes it was out of turn and or seemingly out of turn and sometimes it was just in the nick of time. But that same man said, you just got to learn how to do this. And so I, I'm glad to see that growth progress in his life and recognize that if it can happen for him, it can happen for me. Patience with others is made so much easier when you separate people from their problems. Then we know that patience is at work in their lives. When we're due, we're more, we're doing just exactly what the Lord did for us. Romans 5 and 8, the Bible says that he commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He separated people from their problems and he just loved people. And so we should never forget that we are, as I mentioned a moment ago, we are where we are because someone invested in us. And finally, I want to talk to you about our patience with God. Amen. For many, this is a huge struggle, a huge struggle. We struggle with patience with ourselves. We kind of admit that. We struggle with patience with others, and we readily admit that. When we're talking about having impatience with God, that's something we're not so quite so glib to amen. But I'm going to tell you that all of us struggle with our patience with God sometime or another. Amen. We want God to respond to our situations. We want God to hear our prayer. We want God somehow to mystically, magically put our situation at the top of his so-called to-do list. Bill Gothard defined patience this way. He said, accepting a difficult situation without giving God a deadline to remove it. Patience. Accepting a difficult situation without giving God a deadline to remove it. Patience understands that God has a plan. Patience understands that God has a purpose in everything that he is doing in my life. Now, if we ever get convinced that God is just on some power trip and he's just up there in heaven messing with us, we're going to live a miserable life. But when we realize that God loves us and that he has a plan and a purpose for our life, and this season of confusion that I'm going through or whatever I've happened, uh, happened upon that has given birth to more questions than answers, it is not God toying with my emotions. It's not God playing or messing with me, but it is God working out a purpose in my life. I'm not suggesting that everything that's ever happened to us has been the will of God, but I'm telling you that Romans 8 and 28 reminds us that whatever comes our way, even if hell brought it in our path, God can use that for his glory and edification and for our betterment. Job had this to say, and how could we talk about patience without mentioning Job? But he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, I understand how easy that is to say, how easy that is to form those words or write those words out, and how much more difficult it is to live those words out. But Matthew says this. Matthew captures this for us. And so I share this with you tonight. The Bible says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Amen. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. 
Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. If God has gone to the trouble to tend to a sparrow that would fall from its nest, and if God has taken the time to count the hairs of our head, then I've got to have confidence that my circumstance today is certainly not lost to him. He understands and he will strengthen, amen, and he will He will give me what I need, as I mentioned a moment ago, for this day. And I can rest assured that God knows what I need. He knows where I am. And so having patience with God means that we resign ourselves to his will and not our will. No better example, of course, is given in the word of God than that we find in the life of Jesus Christ himself. In Luke 22 and 42, while praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, facing one of the most critical and crucial moments of his own life, when Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, I'm going to tell you that more than a few of us in this house tonight have had to pray that prayer and stand beside those words. It was not something that we just said on a Sunday in the heat of the moment, in the height of, of an emotional reaction, but it was an actual acquiescing to the will of God and the spirit of God that says, whatever you need to do, I'm going to put my hand in yours and I'm going to stay here for the long haul. And so if we can develop that attitude toward God, only time and eternity can tell what would be accomplished in our life. And so as we we close this evening, and our musicians, you can just stay where you are tonight if you'd like. But in in our closing comments, let me just say this, that God's timing although it is not our timing, is always perfect timing. God's timing, although it's not our timing, is always perfect timing. Realizing that God always answers prayers. I know that's a tall statement. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. And then sometimes the answer is wait. Wait. And that's one of the, the most difficult seasons of time is when God just says, wait, not now. Amen. Have you ever prayed about something? I don't, I don't want to sound too off out in left field here tonight, but have you ever prayed about something and you really felt like God heard your prayer and you really felt like God was at work, but you could see no end result? I feel like it's in those seasons of times that God is not saying yes and he's not saying no, but God is just saying wait. We know that our prayers are being heard not because we see fruit of that in our lives. We just have that consolation in prayer, that continuity in our prayer, but we know that God is just saying wait. And so we've got to remind ourselves that he knows what's best, absolutely, and he knows the best timing. And so God uses patience to teach us not our ways, but to teach us his ways. Romans 15, <coughs> Romans 15 and 4, <coughs> the Bible says, <coughs> For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through, <coughs> excuse me, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and of consol- and consolation grant you to be like-minded <coughs> one toward another, according to Christ Jesus. I notice that Paul says, and even makes this reference, the God of patience. 
Understanding that he is a God of patience makes it a whole lot easier for us not to get frustrated with him. He is a God of patience. Romans 5 and 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so he intentionally, at times, allows trials or tribulations to come our way, knowing that it will help us develop patience in our lives. Amen. He does so knowing that patience will help us to have a greater hope in him. So God's not messing with us this evening. He's not messing with you. He's not just trying to interrupt your world for the sake of interrupting your world or my world for the sake of interrupting my world. But God is trying to develop some hope in our lives. And I'm thankful for that hope, aren't you? Amen. Let's stand together. Can we do that? I wonder this evening if we could just lift our hands and join our voices together and ask God to help us. Allow his spirit, his power and presence to touch our hearts and lives this evening. Lord, I love you today. And I thank you so very, very much for the privilege that you have given us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.